from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark. I am the managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com. really appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to have a good show for you today. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, this is not Locked On NFL Draft, but it could feel like it for the next uh, the next couple weeks, actually, because we're going to be talking a lot about the draft. But specifically today, I think we're going to take a look at the top 10 picks in the QBs. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea. Uh, there's a lot of influence of what's going to happen in the top 10. Uh, specifically in this division. So uh, we'll get into that and give you our insights. Uh, Again, we have more coming uh, all about the draft class itself, as well as tomorrow you're going to hear from Willie Rofe, Hall of Fame tackle from the Chiefs. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, as well as an analyst at Chiefs Digest. So a lot of intrigue in this year's draft. Um, You have a guy, it's kind of funny if you think about it, because uh, five years after taking the Chiefs job and having the number one pick, where is he again? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything that we learned from his tenure in Kansas City is that he likes being able to make his selections. Will he do the same things that he did uh, and get himself in some contract issues, get himself, take some some reaches? Uh, I don't feel like the quarterback class in this draft is as bad as the tackle class was in the first draft. So I don't know how you feel. Well, I don't either, but I also think it's ridiculous to think that five years ago, Kansas city didn't have a QB that was even thought of as a first round pick uh, in that draft. Uh, And now here he is sitting five years later and John Dorsey has his pick of maybe five QBs that they think are first round picks. Five, I think is stretching unless you're talking free agents, but uh, this group is, I don't know the quarterbacks, Quarterbacks always go higher than you think. Right, right. But I'm just talking about in terms of once they get on the field, maybe Darnold and Rosen could push to be included in last year's group. Um, But I think clearly Watson and Mahomes would be the one and two in this class as well. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Uh, But we will – well, what about Trubisky? You know what? I – I will say this. I was not big on him coming out. He was he was my four uh, out of that group last year. And I will say this for him. I think the hiring of Matt Nagy is the one thing that can maybe save his development. Uh, John Fox was not going to help that kid. So I, I'll be interested to see what they can do. Uh, and I think he may be in good hands. It's funny that you mentioned that there's going to be a, a well, you're speaking about a coach, but I think there's a GM that's in the top five that isn't going to give his uh, QB any help that you would think maybe should. Uh, but we can <laughs> talk about that here in just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, number one pick, where do you think Cleveland's going? Listen, you you can give John Dorsey all, all the static you want, and a lot of it's deserved. That's fine. But – the guy's not dumb. I think there's clearly a guy that he likes. I don't know who it is. I have a tendency to think that it's Rosen. I mean, let I'm me, sorry, not Let Rosen. me ask a different question. Let me ask okay. a different question before we go there. Who is your number one player on your board? My number one overall player? Who's your top five? Let's go there. What's your top five? Uh, they are 
not necessarily in order because I don't do a vertical board. I do a horizontal board. Um, but they are Bradley Chubb, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, and then the next two will be slightly lower. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit higher on a couple of the guys that you know maybe people aren't, but I, clearly the only quarterback in my top five is Darnold because I think that he brings uh, a balance. Uh, maybe Rosen's a little more cerebral. Uh, maybe he has a, a better head for the game. I don't think he's as dedicated. Uh, Josh Allen clearly has a better arm. And, you know, Mayfield has that spontaneity. So everybody's got an aspect. But I think Sam Darnold gives you uh, the smoothest, most well-rounded game available in this draft. He's in the top five. All right. So you're guessing, and my guess is at least, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my guess is at least that Cleveland is going to go Darnold at one. Uh, that just seems to be like the pick for me uh, from what I think that Cleveland will do. Although. You know, people have been trying to tell me for weeks that John Dorsey's not going to take a QB at five and that, you know, he'll take whatever's left at four. I think that's a dumb move, uh, especially with the Jets moving up to number three because the Colts weren't going to take a QB. Right. Yeah. See, I think that's the key now is John Dorsey's not dumb. He's going to get his quarterback. I think he's going to do it with the first pick. I don't think he's going to entertain anybody's trade offers. I think he will potentially. Um, and honestly, I, I think this is more likely than not that he will trade out of four once he has that quarterback because someone's going to trade up into four to get one is my guess. Um, whoever that fourth guy is. And there's a lot of teams that are rumored out there by, by folks who talk to team insiders um, that feel that maybe they have one guy they really like, but that they feel like the other three, they can work with whatever they get. So you have what makes – so much randomness about who could trade into that number four. And, and is it somebody like, man, I, there's so many options. Buffalo, uh, would Miami want to do that as backup? I mean, Arizona, why wouldn't you? Maybe even Baltimore. I mean, that's a long way coming up from 16 to four. But, I mean, Joe Flacco's not going to be there forever, and Joe Flacco's fading in terms of his production as it is. And I think that is is a drastic capability of of Dorsey to trade out of that. Uh, and the good thing for the Chiefs is if Dorsey trades out, it's got to be for a quarterback. Nobody else is going to come up, even for Bradley Chubb. I don't think anybody's going to come up uh, from that far to get a pass rusher. Uh, the Bears can probably wait on it, see if he falls because of the quarterbacks pushing everything down. But the guy who might be the odd man out in that situation is John Elway, sitting there at number five. Yeah, and he is the guy I was referring to in the top five that's not going to help uh, his young QB, regardless of who it is. Um, I think that Baker Mayfield could be there at five. We will see whether or not that's going to end up being the case. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, Elway is not the GM that he was. As a, I mean, he's not anywhere near as good a GM as he was a player. Um, and it's not even close. Like, I, I would say that... Uh, as a GM, Elway probably shouldn't have a job right now, if I was to be completely honest. Uh, his drafting has been horrible. He's only been able to keep the ship right because of the free agent moves. Um, I, I just don't see where the Broncos are going 
in the future. And maybe Case Keenum is going to be able to help them a little bit, but Case Keenum isn't a, a Peyton Manning. So, right. Uh, I, mean, I agree with you. And, and talk around here. I, I, for those of you who don't know, I do Denver radio every Sunday night. Um, and that is the talk of, man, wh- what has happened? The expectation and the way that John always, uh, tenure as a GM, uh, I think technically his title is president, but the way it started was so positive uh, with the Peyton Manning signing, with getting to the Super Bowl. And now it's it's kind of uh, tailed off where you can see the vast majority of the moves, uh, particularly in draft picks that he's tried to pull off, have not worked out. Um, and this is kind of maybe a do-or-die draft for him. I mean, two years ago, he went and drafted Paxton Lynch, and now he's not even being talked about as being a starter. Uh, they're paying Case Keenum $20 million a year to start. So Paxton Lynch at best is going to be your number two. Yeah, and I think that's that's why they want a quarterback. I don't think they have the draft capital even to move up three spots. You know, I mean, if they really wanted one, they would convince the New York Giants that you should stay with Eli and we want the number two. Um, I think Elway... Personally, from what I've seen in his reactions, uh, as well as how I know he likes his quarterbacks to play, I think John Elway is probably most interested in Josh Allen, uh, followed by oh, Baker please, Mayfield. Please, 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 please let that happen. See, I, and there's a lot of folks who feel that way. I don't think that Josh Allen's going to be a, a bad quarterback. I, I particularly feel the more he works with a quality ex-quarterback coach like Jordan Palmer, I I think you're going to see him get to the point uh, that he can be a functional and and successful NFL quarterback. Is he going to be Pat Mahomes? I don't think so. Pat's got that baseball background. And a lot of people thought Pat's footwork was terrible coming out as well. Um, The difference was that Pat's a much better athlete, and you can see that in how well he adjusts. But arm strength is there. Is he going to be a top 10 QB? In in the league, you mean, eventually? Yeah. (sighs) Oh. Statistically, I think that's really, really dependent on where he goes. But I would say that I think he will be a playoff quarterback. Mm, yeah, but with that defense, that's not saying much. Yeah, and uh, that's Trevor, fair. Trevor, Simeon, Trevor Simeon almost got into the playoffs. <sighs> Brock Osweiler almost got into the playoffs. It, yeah. I don't know. So... Let's get back to the QB class. Let's get back to the draft. Number two, Giants. I would think that they have to stick with Eli Manning, but uh, it would make a lot of sense for them to take a QB considering all the changes that have been going on around there. Yeah, I agree. Um, And, you know, I think I feel bad for Eli because I think he got a raw deal with a a head coach that was just an ostrich in the sand, to tell you the truth. I think his consecutive streak should still be alive. I think he's got another year or two in him. I think he can be that that bridge now to the new guy. Uh, and if I'm them, I don't let anybody talk me into, you don't need a quarterback. Eli's still getting older. Uh, I think the guy who fits personality-wise, um, Bright Light's big city kind of guy, I think Rosen's a perfect fit there and somebody that can learn from Eli uh, – and, and go from there and be an easy transition when Eli is done. Well, that'd be a good fit for Rosen. And I really think that the Giants should go QB at two. Um, you know, the the biggest question to me right now is the Jets traded up to get to the number three pick. Are they done moving? 
do they try to move up to number two to get the QB that they want um, and not give – and who who do the Jets want? That's the big you, question. You would, have to think it, you would have to think it'd have to be QB. But with the moves they made in the offseason, um, uh, their starting QB from last year got a $10 million, one-year $10 million deal. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a QB there too. So not sure how they're going to go in that direction. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I have a tendency to think that they're looking at at somebody else that can help the offense uh, that isn't a pass thrower. And for me, that looks like Barkley right now, but that's just a guess. At the number three overall pick, that's awfully high for a running back. I know it, a right? Position that's been so devalued over the years. <laughs> I know. Last five seasons, oh, you can get them in the fourth round. Well, that's true. You can. Kareem Hunt proves that you can get guys later in the draft. Uh, I'm a little surprised at, at this this hype, um, but that's it is what it is uh, for teams that feel. And, and this is why I'm always talking about the run because yes, it's a pass happy league and all that stuff. The league is cyclical, and I think you will see it start to come back. And the popularity of these running backs is starting to shed light on the fact that you can still get a powerful offense that can dominate with the run. And I think you're going to see it come back to more of an even balanced trend across the league. And maybe this this is the start of – I mean, Zeke Elliott proved that you can pick a running back that's worth that draft capital to get production out of him. Um, and I think Barkley is probably a guy that's right in that mold. The difference between Zeke Elliott and any other running back is Zeke Elliott has the defensive or the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Yes. Um, Barkley is not going to have that. doesn't matter where he goes. Uh, so I've really, I somewhat disagree. And I think you are kind of off base here because I don't see it. Uh, going back to being more of a running-oriented type NFL ever just because of the way that the league seems to be expanding uh, stats-wise and, and and really the way the way that penalties are starting to be called. I mean, there's talk about them getting rid of the um, pass interference penalty where it's a spot foul. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but think about the two things that we're seeing as trends over the last couple of years. The, the lack of development at offensive line and the lack of development at quarterback. You can't sustain a passing league if your quarterbacks are subpar over and over and over. I agree. And I don't mean that the league will become run first. I just mean it'll be get back closer to a balance rather than this, this pass happy all the time kind of thing. Well, and that's possible. I just think you're wishful thinking, but <laughs> you're the one that likes the fullbacks. So I'll let you go with that. I've done worse things. Oh, for sure. As <laughs> as a buy. So, so if, that gets us. If Denver so does it, that that's that's I don't want to forget about Denver too much. We get down. We talked about Cleveland. If Denver doesn't get a quarterback and they're all gone, one through four, I think the the problem that becomes for the Chiefs is I think the next best player, and this is the one guy out of my top five I didn't name because I knew I was going to put him here, is Quentin Nelson. And I think he's a dominating guard. And it's crazy to think about a guard in the top five. But if you're John Elway and you missed out on your quarterbacks and you have a decent secondary, even with the loss of Sleeb, you still have Roby. So you're looking there. You have pass rushers. Yes, you could use another one behind Shane Ray and, and Vaughn Miller, but you have that. You drafted Bowles last season. So you have your left tackle. You have your top four positions, your elite four set. 
So I think the next one becomes the guard. And I think this kid is probably, I don't know, maybe an all decade draft pick or draft prospect at the position. And maybe he breaks the trend. I could be wrong, but it just makes too much sense for a, a terrible Broncos offensive line. Well, and I think that's exactly why they won't go that direction. But I have no faith in John Elway to do what, what needs to be done for the Broncos. So uh, there is that. You know, we've talked about – you didn't say you think the Jets go at three. Where do you think the Jets go at three? I, I Man, I, I'm I'm struggling with that one. I, I think they could go Chubb. I think they could go Barkley. Um, I, I personally think – that particular leadership group, they might really value the the versatility of Micah Fitzpatrick, who can play cornering and play safety. Um, they've spent a lot on defense in, in recent years, though, so I'm just not sure about that. So you just don't know where they're going to go, huh? I know nothing about the Jets organization. I, the problem is I don't think they know anything about themselves. That's not – that's not – I mean, a lot of questions. So where do you think the – you think the the Cleveland Browns move at four? I think they do. I think so, somebody comes up to get a QB. Okay. Most probable selection would be my guess of uh, Buffalo. They've just been seemingly trying to get as much as they possibly could uh, to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Is, that where, is that kind of where you're thinking or – yeah, I mean, because 12 isn't good enough. Yes, they moved up, but 12 isn't going to get you a quarterback. Uh, right. You have 12 and 23 from the Chiefs, or 22 from the Chiefs, unfortunately. Uh, that's a powerful combination. They hey, could move to four. You say what you want. Pat Mahomes is well worth two first-round picks if he's anything like what we think he's going to be like. Yeah, I agree, especially if you're talking right now about somebody giving two first-round picks in the same year for Mayfield or Allen. So, yeah, I think that's what happens. I think that's that's probably, from John Dorsey's perspective, the most economical thing. Uh, he gets to choose more elite players at a non-quarterback position after getting the quarterback that he needs. Uh, it just makes too much sense. I think the interesting thing is the next one. And I, our old buddy Chris Ballard moved out of a pick because he's got a quarterback. And I think this is probably where the pass rusher comes into play the most. Uh, it could be the safety, um, but I, I like Bradley Chubb going here to the Colts. Man, best pass rusher in the draft, he goes number six. Shows you what the NFL thinks of value of QBs, uh, and I can't disagree with you on where I think he's going to end up. So that will get us to number seven in Tampa Bay. And and there's an organization, you know, with what you've invested in your quarterback, um, you've had a couple of failed attempts at some some defenders, uh, maybe not even failed attempts, just guys that didn't quite work out to uh, the draft capital that you invested in them. I, I think it's it's a very very interesting group there. I if if I were them would be looking at trying to put somebody with Lamonte David, uh, and I'm not so uncertain that uh, a guy like Jermaine Edwards isn't the the place you want to go. So then that gets you to the Chicago Bears at eight with a new coach in Matt Nagy. Uh, Got to think that they want to get their QB some help, maybe. Duh, Bears. Yeah, I, I got to think they do too. I, I am not 
overly impressed with uh, this draft's group, uh, that the high-end group of pass catchers, though. Um, I, I know several people that I've spoken with that uh, do this for a living that have maybe one wide receiver in the first round and not any in the top 10. So I, I find that a, a difficult one to go with. Um, so that brings me back to what is, what is another premium position for a team th- that has needs, you know, kind of everywhere. Um, and that brings me back to the corners. And uh, I wonder if Denzel Ward isn't the pick here. So you think, but do you think Fitzpatrick's gone by now? I, that's it's a toss up. Uh, I don't I don't know that the Bears would want to go for the safety type. I, I think they might want Ward, the more explosive guy, um, dedicated corner kind of. I, I think they might value him over. So it doesn't necessarily mean Fitzpatrick's gone. Gotcha. Which then would bring you to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. At nine. Yeah. And and this one's just it's a baffle for me. I think if they're I, I think. John Lynch will run to the podium if Mick Fitzpatrick is there. Uh, very few GMs in this league value the safety position more than John Lynch is going to. I think he recognizes the, the talent there, uh, and he can get it into his defense, make his defense more versatile. And I think from his point of view, that's going to be a big plus. And then that brings us to the last pick in the top 10, which is the Oakland Raiders. Uh, another AFC West team uh, that is actually going through a pretty big shakeup this offseason with firing Jack Dario and bringing in John Gruden. Oh, old Chucky. You got to like the moves he's making, right? And, 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 folks, this is why we did this. This top 10 in the draft, even though the Chiefs are nowhere near it, two of the division rivals are in it. And, and the guy that, that the Raiders can get at this position in the draft. And, and to answer your question, no, I don't like the moves he's making. Uh, unless you're looking at it from a Chiefs perspective and their ability to win the division, then yes, I do like it from that perspective. <laughs> well, we're glad you're happy. Because they're getting older. <laughs> they are. Uh, they're getting, uh, again, a more balanced look at offense. Um, I don't. I mean, for as much as I like to run the ball, I don't know that, that focusing on Marshawn Lynch is really what you want to do uh, and some of the other – uh, adjustments that John Gruden has made to this point. I'm, I can't question the man. Uh, his expertise is is legendary, uh, but I'm just not. Uh, I'm not 100. It's going to work to, at least the first season. We'll we'll see what happens after that. But I don't think he was ever. I, I think his reputation precedes him in his coaching. He won a Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl in a situation where he was. It wasn't really his team. Um. So I, I don't think he's as good of a coach as people think that he is. Uh, he's a great announcer, in my opinion. I, I've always enjoyed him announcing. I think he brings a lot to the to the booth, but I don't know that he's going to be a great uh, thing for the Raiders, which, honestly, as a Chiefs fan, is okay with me. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> Where do you think they go? You know, I the influence of Gruden, I think, is the big question mark for me. Um Obviously, an offensive coach, uh, a guy that wants to move the ball, wants to have weapons. Again, I just don't see a wide receiver that that screams, "Hey, come to my version of of the West Coast offense and flourish." I'm just not certain about that. Um, it, this comes down to me for maybe it's another running back. Uh, I mean, you put Darius Geis there, and I think you're in good shape. Um, 
both young and old. Um, I, it's hard to predict, but there's two defenders that I like here. Um, one to pair in the back with, uh, what they have already, but I think, uh, Derwin James makes this defense a lot better at what he does. Uh, I think if you if you're a team that thinks Micah Fitzpatrick is a corner, um, then Derwin James goes earlier than this uh, because I think he is the perennial safety in this class. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense with what they're trying to do and shore up their deep defense. Um, but I'm just not sure where they're going to value him because a guy that I think I, I have pretty close, it's just hard for me to predict that there's two inside linebackers in the top 10. But Roquan Smith in this Raiders defense is something that makes me, as somebody who covers the Chiefs fan, uh, not worry, but but be very concerned about how they're going to have to scheme around it because Roquan Smith is an, an incredible inside linebacker. Well, there's your top 10. Are you expecting any multiple trades or just one or two or how do you see this first round or this first top 10 going down? Because I think that's going to be the intriguing part in the, and the fun part is to see with the four QBs up there that people are talking about. I think that people are going to be making moves just to try to get one of them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And there, we've already seen one move in the top four. Um, like I said, I think Cleveland moves out. I think that's, that's a really good scenario. The, the big question for me is going to be the Jets. Uh, are they willing to move out of there? Do they feel that they have more time with Eli than they than than a lot of people think? Um, and beyond that, I don't I don't see people trading up to nine. I don't see anyone trading up to seven. That that doesn't really. You could be in love with Bradley Chubb. I just don't know that you spend the capital to get up in there uh, to the seven, eight, nine range to get him. So I think it may be a lot of bluster and, and maybe only a singular move after this uh, to Cleveland. Uh, that's kind of where I feel today, but, you know, ask me in a week. Yeah, it's bound to move at this point. There is uh, nothing that is going to be certain uh, when it comes to this draft, and especially with all the QBs uh, that are being talked about. Um, Top-end talent is always a question whether or not – uh, and maybe we ought to cover this since we've covered the top first round of the, of the draft. How many prospects do you think actually are going to get first round grades? You know, it, scouting is a subjective thing. Um, point of view, scheme, where you come from, it, it plays such a part in it. Um, but the consistent thing that I've heard from a number of people that do this, and, and you can go see them all out there as well, you know, um, the Rob Ranks, the the Dame Bruglers, uh, our friend Matt Miller. Uh, really, no class has 30 first-round grades. Uh, I think this class in particular has some interesting defenders, which I think kind of pump up the overall numbers. Uh, but I think it's somewhere between 18 and 22, and that's about it. So where is that generally? Your guess, and from my, what I have remember over the past couple of years, it's usually between 20 to 25 first-round grades. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably a little bit more um, common, although we'd have to check with them. And maybe Matt's going to come back on before the draft. We'll ask him then. Um, but, yeah, it's, it seems like this is just not dramatically, but just slightly a, a, a lesser class overall. Yeah. That is what I would imagine as well. 
Well, that is it for us today. Don't forget, tomorrow we are going to be talking to legendary left tackle Willie Rofe. Look, really looking forward to that. Yeah, make sure you check it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, really has not done a, a lot of media uh, in recent years, so uh, we're going to have an interesting conversation with him, and we hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, thanks for checking everything out today and hanging with us, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.